Um, I'm going to share with you guys the worst feeling in my life. Waiting. <laughs> waiting. Anybody else here enjoy waiting for things? Like, do not go with me. Chris has been embarrassed by me. I'm a pastor. I love Jesus. But there are times when I just absolutely lose my patience, when I have to wait in line, when I have to wait on anything in my life. I am not good at waiting. Anybody in here not good at waiting? I told the band earlier this morning when I prayed with them, I said, y'all didn't even have to come to church this morning. This morning's message is for me. Because in the waiting of anything in my life, it's where peace goes out the window. Anybody else here? When you are waiting for something, that is the time in your life where you are missing peace. The question that I have asked so often in my life when I've not just been waiting at Home Depot for the returns line to move a little slower, but when I've been waiting for a baby, when I've been waiting to make it through a bout of depression or anxiety, when I've been waiting to, to survive grief, when our marriage was hurting and we had to find a new way to move forward, when I was single and waiting for Chris, when I needed an income or my job, in that waiting I have asked so many times, God, why are you making me wait? Why are you making me wait? Anybody asked? this question. In 2005, I was a freshman in college, and it was clear that I was not supposed to be um, attending the college where I was. And so in November of that year, I applied for a transfer. November of that year, I applied for, for a transfer. And in April, April, six months later, I was accepted to UNC Chapel Hill on a transfer. But do you know how long six months is in college years? That is forever, right? It was so long. And I remember just being so anxious and nervous, waiting to figure out where I was going to be um, in, later in the year. I graduated college in 2009. Some of you may know this. It was an economic crisis, and I was going to be a school teacher and there were hiring freezes for school teachers. For school teachers, there were hiring freezes. So I interviewed like 12 different places, and every single place told me, if there's a spot and they open up these hiring freezes, we will hire you. It was the end of July. Classes started in like a week, and I still had not got a job when I finally got a call and I went to sign my contract and forgot my social security card so I had to wait another like hour to get home and go back. Um, I was just waiting for a job but in that midst of time from graduating college in May until mid-August felt like an eternity and I was nervous and anxious and scared that I was going to have nowhere to live, no job to work and I had no idea what life was going to look like. When I was called to ministry, I applied a couple years later, I applied for grad school to become a pastor. I applied in November again, and like we still hadn't heard anything in April. And I remember looking at Chris and saying, I don't think I was accepted into graduate school. And he was like, I think you just need to wait a couple more days. They said this was the week you'd find out. Like it's Monday at 8 a.m. You can wait. <laughs> You can wait just a little bit later. And so the next day they called and offered a full tuition scholarship. But I remember just being absolutely anxious and irritable to everybody around me as I waited. 
In 2015, after a few years of trying to have a baby, Chris and I entered the adoption process Labor Day weekend. We were placed with a child immediately, and then that adoption was disrupted, and the child went um, to live with some family members. We were devastated, I remember, that waiting, we felt like we had waited for a long time and something had finally opened up, and then that adoption was disrupted, and it broke our hearts. And then I remember at Thanksgiving, Chris's parents came to visit us, and I'm washing dishes with his grandmother, uh, with his mother and his grandmother at, at the sink. We're washing dishes, and I looked at him and I said, How much longer are we going to have to wait for a baby? And Chris's mom, who's so patient, she taught first grade for 40 years, she looked at me and she said, Probably a few more months, Erica. <laughs> Probably a few more months. And I remember in that, those months, the waiting just felt so long and so unbearable. And then the day after Christmas, we got a call, and David, our sweet baby, was placed in our arms. Chris waited for years to plant a church. Years. He felt like God called him to plant a church in college. And 10, 12, 15 years later, here we are starting a movement of God in this place that's shining light and igniting change. Every single time that I waited, God moved. Not on my timetable, not the way I wanted or thought God should move, but God always moved. And in the waiting, in the waiting, God always did something in me and in that time of doing something in me, God did something through me. Do y'all know how many people I've sat with and told the exact same thing my mother-in-law told me as we washed dishes, as they are waiting for an adoption to be finalized or an adoption to be began? I have said, just wait just a few more months. It's worth the wait. And what God is doing in you right now is preparing you for parenthood more than you could ever imagine. I need to tell you this morning, if you are missing peace in your life because you are waiting for the next thing, I need to let you know there is something, there is some seed God has planted in your life and He is going to do more than you could ever dream or imagine. I believe that for you this morning. God has planted some seed in your life that will be more than you could ever dream or imagine. In the waiting we often have no peace. While we are waiting for this seed to sprout, we are filled with anxiety and fear. We start to get controlling and overcompensating. We get irritated and we just have no peace. I remember looking at God and saying, you could have done this at a better time, right? What are you doing, God? Like, why are you making us wait, God? Why do you make us wait? Because you're just, you're power, like, you are a God who could make anything happen. Why do you make us wait? Are you just playing with this? Like, what are you doing? And this is what I found out. That oftentimes in the waiting, when we find the courage to ask those questions, we find out we actually serve a big and mighty God. It is in those moments that we recognize our God can handle our deepest, biggest, most complicated questions about Him. Those are the moments in the waiting where we find out more about God's heart and God's dream for the world. It's not easy Mac in a microwave often, right? God's justice and goodness and peace is here. It just bubbles up differently than we imagine or we think. Our God is big enough 
to handle our questions. Our God is big enough to handle our questions. The, God, the image that God has always given to me in the waiting is a seed. I love to garden. I start with seeds. I do better when they're transplanted, but I love to plant seeds. And what happens in the darkness and the soil that we cannot see is what God does in our lives in the waiting. And this week, I need to tell y'all that I found the coolest thing out that I did not know. I've been a Christian a long time. I'm 30-some years old. I forget every day how old I am. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. I just don't know how old I am. Um, (laughs) But in the Bible, right in Genesis, the very beginning of creation, Adam and Eve, like, they're told, don't whatever you do, don't eat fruit from this one tree. And then what do they do? They eat fruit from the one tree, right? And, and why do they do that? Because this serpent, this voice, this serpent is like, like God doesn't, you're not going to die if you eat that fruit. That, like you're not really believing that. God's not going to do that to you. It's going to be good. Like he's just doing all, y'all hear these voices in your waiting, right? Have you heard these voices? Like it's not worth the wait. Take matters into your own hands. Don't trust God. You've heard these voices. So this is what the serpent is saying to to Adam and Eve. And they make this really bad decision to eat the fruit, take matters into their own hands. And then I I want y'all to hear what God says. He says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, that I'm going to, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So um, Genesis 3.15 is in there. Hold on. Okay. So most tra- the way this really is supposed to translate is the seed of the woman is going to crush your head and will strike your heel. I need y'all to hear this. There's going to be some seed in that moment when brokenness and pain and sin entered into our world. Did y'all hear what God did? He planted a seed that will crush the evil and the voices that tell us waiting isn't worth it. God planted a seed in that moment. God planted a seed in that moment when all of that, when, we, when brokenness entered the world. And then 700 years later... The, Israel, the people of God have been enslaved. They've marched across the, um, the Red Sea. They've lived in the promised land. They've got kicked out of the promised land because they didn't do what they were supposed to. Ruth has done things. Like all these people have done all of these things 700 years after waiting for this seed that God had planted. I want you all to hear what Isaiah, Isaiah tells the people. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 he says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Isaiah says there's still a seed, y'all. There's still a seed. I know you've been waiting for it for 700 years, but there's still a seed, y'all, and it's coming God is with you. That's what Emmanuel means. God has not left you. They hear a sign and a voice. And then all of these other things, like this story just keeps going, okay? It keeps going and going and going. And and, and then Malachi tells it, like prophesies things, and then God goes silent. For 400 years, the voice of the Lord is not heard. Anybody in here ever been waiting and you feel like God went silent? Anybody in here? ever been waiting and you feel like God went silent? 
And then I want you to hear what happens in Matthew. I didn't write this down. But in Matthew, he says the words of Isaiah back to the people. There is a sign for you. The seed of peace, the thing that will destroy those voices that tell you waiting isn't worth it and your patience is, is crazy, that seed has been born. That seed has been born. He will be a light unto the nations. He will bring healing to the people. He will be salvation from all of the things that tear us down and break us down. It was worth the wait. We have good news. That seed that was born in our brokenness and our sin came to save us and to show us. No word from the Lord. Things went silent, but God wasn't absent. Things went silent, but God wasn't absent. While you are waiting, I need you to trust this. Thousands of years of history of people waiting. Thousands of years. And who was working every time? God. God is working while you are waiting. So what do you do in the waiting? Anybody here want to know, like, how do I have peace while I'm waiting? Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. I need you, I need you to just hear these verses, and I'm going to have you say some things out when I, when I say this. But when the set time had fully come. Somebody say set time. Set time. When the set time had finally come, God sent His Son. At the perfect time, at the perfect time, God sent His Son. This seed birth busted forth. Born of a woman. Do y'all hear that? Just like they said back in Genesis, the beginning of the time. Born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are God's children, His sons. God sent the Spirit on His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, when the set time had fully come. So I, I've been doing some Greek study, and I just I have to let y'all know what this perfect time, that set time, it means pleroma chronos. So chronos means time, like think chronological, so time. And then pleroma means full or wholeness. Some um, uh, translations of this says when the time was fully pregnant. And I love this. We've got somebody in our church who's fully pregnant. And so every Sunday I'm like, it is going to be the time when it's the time, right? And there's going to be no stopping it and there's no rushing it up. The time was fully pregnant. It's fully perfect. This is how God's time works. There is going to be some moment, some set time when what you have been waiting for will be fully pregnant. No power on earth is going to stop it. No power on earth will stop the goodness of God coming in you and then through you at the perfect time. Because I need you to hear me. God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays, the moments of silence that you feel is not God denying you. It's God waiting for the perfect time. 
We weren't ready for David Shelton Allen to come into our life before December 26, 2015. It was the perfect time. It was the set time. We weren't ready to plant this church in the way God needed and wanted us to 10 years ago or when we got out of college or when we graduated from seminary. What we learned, what Chris learned being an associate pastor and doing all the finances and spreadsheets and all that stuff for a church fully prepared him for the set time that this church could shine light and ignite change. Tampa wasn't ready for us. Ask people around here that dealt with me. Tampa was not ready for us before the set time. There is something that has happened in your life, and you know about this perfect moment when God's deliverance and redemption and grace came at the perfect moment. And no power, no power on earth can stop that goodness from coming in. God's delays are not God's denials. It's what God is doing in you and preparing for you for the next thing. And the last thing that this verse teaches us about God is that so often what we do in waiting is we begin to pursue our own path. We begin to pursue our own things. That's why you're missing peace. We're going we're to pursue this parking spot this morning and nobody better get in our way. I know none of y'all did that this morning, right? But we start to pursue. We pursue our career the way we want it. We pursue this place, the exact thing that we want it. We pursue this spouse or this partner or this human. We begin to pursue our own things. And what happens when we start controlling and taking all these matters into our own hands? We begin to miss Peace. Did y'all hear what God did? Through Jesus Christ, God gives you peace because God pursues you. God sent Jesus to you. God sent Jesus to us. God's pursuing us. And our peace is found in surrendering to the pursuit. What is it that Jesus wants to do for you now? God's delays are not God's denial. God is with us. That's the promise of Emmanuel. That's the promise of that seed that was planted. You are never alone. Never, ever alone. God is pursuing you, and there is great peace in that. Stop pursuing the things that are are stealing and robbing peace from you, and let God pursue you. Let Jesus be that seed of peace in your life so that God can do something in you and through you that you never dreamed or imagined. This morning, some of you don't know what it's like. You've never made the decision to quit pursuing all your own things and let God pursue you just to accept your sonship, your daughtership before our God through Jesus Christ. This morning, I invite you, let this be the morning. You stop pursuing all the things that have robbed peace from you, and you accept the peace that God offers to us through Jesus. Some of you have done that a long time ago, but you have forgotten what it's like to release your plans and your life again to the God who has a set time and a set dream for your life, and there is no power that will stop it. So open your hands and accept it. And there are some of you in here this morning who have the name of someone on your heart who's been waiting. They've been waiting for something for a really long time. 
And no part of them believes that God is pursuing them with the peace of Jesus Christ. This morning, will you offer that name up to God? Some of you this morning will make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time, maybe ever. Some of you will agree again to give your life and your hopes and your plans and your dreams over to God no matter what you are waiting for. And some of you know someone who is waiting for something in the darkness and the pain of this world. And I ask you, offer their name up to our God. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for your word. As we began the worship service today, we said we are listening. God, we are listening this morning to your word. And we pray that it will come alive in our hands and our feet and our lives. For those of us who in this moment have pursued our own things and taken all the matters into our own hands, we give our lives and our hearts and everything just back to you, God. For those of us who've never pursued you before, this is the morning we give you our heart and our life. And God, this morning, every single one of us here has the name of someone who is waiting and trudging through a hard season in their lives, and we offer them up to you. May they know your peace and goodness offered to us and available to us through Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, for your goodness and your love for us all. Amen.